welcome back to Transfer Tea. Today I'm interviewing Martine, who I actually went to the College of San Mateo with, and I don't even want to give it away. Tell us where you're transferring. Hey everyone, so I'm going to be transferring to UC Berkeley this fall. It's actually in a couple of weeks now. It's pretty exciting. I actually just got my email about the housing situation, so I'll be moving in in about two weeks, so it's pretty exciting. And what are you majoring in? So I'm going to be majoring in political science. That's actually something I recently switched over to. I was um, a communications at CSM, and then I decided that I think within this last year, we've seen a lot of change in like the political climate, and we've seen a lot of things going on. So I felt like I was way more passionate about this than you know whatever else it was that I was going to be doing. So that's why I decided I think that would be the best fit. And then what better place to major in poli sci than Berkeley too? It's, you know, 100% history there. That was my whole time in community college. I was like, poli sci at Berkeley would be so cool. And I still like, it was like, I'm going to be losing poli sci at Berkeley. Like that experience, I get to just live through you, but like, that's so, so cool. And then just because people are always curious, like, what did you, did you apply as communications everywhere? Or did you, because communications, I feel like there is like sub majors. Yeah. So I did apply to communications everywhere except for so berkeley actually applied under media studies because i think that was like the closest that was towards communication and yeah everywhere else though it was communications i almost applied to ucla under public affairs and then i ended up doing communications anyways and i feel like the reason i didn't get into ucla was because i didn't have the gpa for calm but if i would have done public affairs i feel like there would have been a chance that i would have gotten in but i'm kind of happy i didn't because i feel like berkeley is like for me anyway so it would have it made the decision so much easier yeah, I, I agree. I can see that. But I think that's a cool point. I, people don't realize that like your GPA matters for the major you're applying for. I didn't even realize that. And then like you look at UCLA and they're like, yeah, so for poli sci, if it's under this, like probably not going to happen. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what I was worried about because I was thinking, oh, maybe they'll like look over it for some reason and look at my application. They'll change their mind. But then I think I remember overhearing a student say that they talked to a representative from UCLA. And I guess they said, honestly, if you don't have the GPA, I just wouldn't bother applying. But I didn't listen to that. You know, I was like, I'm still applying. And it feels good to have applied, right? Mm -hmm. Might as well. I mean, it's like another button you're pushing on the application. Exactly. I much rather would have gone on knowing, okay, I applied, I didn't get in, than to have been like, man, I didn't apply what if I got in type of thing. Exactly. I think that's like my, unless the money is an issue and you're being selective, then maybe look at that. But anyways, we literally like sidetracked already, but I want to talk (laughs) about you and do a little bit of background, maybe go into a little bit of high school and then how you ended up at CSM. Yes. Okay. So I actually live in Gilroy. Uh, That's about an hour South from CSM. That's without traffic. So maybe like 15 minutes without traffic. And before I get into that, so I went to Gilroy High School here. It was one of the local high schools. And I really didn't know what I was doing, to be honest, going through high school because it was, you know, my having my parents who never really understood the educational system, let alone here in the U.S., because my mom actually had to stop in, I think it was the sixth grade, my dad in fourth grade, because it was the cost of attending school in Mexico. They couldn't afford it. So they simply had to stop and immediately start working to help fend for their families. So they just really didn't understand how it works. But now being here, I feel like I can't, you know, I can't blame them for that. That wasn't their fault. And all they could ever tell me really was like, you know, you just have to go to school. You just have to go to school. And I was, but it was like, 
I'm here, but now what am I doing? You know, like, am I just getting by? Like, one of the main things that I really had a tough time with was feeling like I just had to get by. And if that had to give a message to someone, that's what I would say is don't feel like you just need to get by. Feel like you can always do better, always do more for yourself and always improve. I love that. That's like the perfect growth mindset. And I honestly, I mean, my like first gen is a little different because my parents went to school just in a different country, but it's like Mm. varies like greatly with the U.S. system is just different. But it is that like in high school, you just kind of go through the motions like you don't know what an internship is. (laughs) Exactly. It's crazy. So then, okay, so you go through the motions, not sure what you're doing. And I'm assuming you graduate and I feel like I graduated, but I wasn't satisfied with how I graduated. It was that type of thing. I was not involved at all in high school. I didn't do any sports. I literally just got by. I graduated, I think, with a 2.2 GPA, which, you know, is considered average, but it's not considered, quote unquote, good enough for UCs. You know, at that point in high school, they expect a much higher GPA, like 4.0 or 4.2, you know? So it's like, okay, I'm way too far down low to try to get that. But I think it wasn't until my senior year of high school where I was looking into a bunch of different schools and where I really developed the first sense of hope where I really want to go to a UC. That's when I really felt it. But I knew it was too late, though, because my GPA was so low. I had so little time to even try to get my GPA up. So I just thought like my only option was community college. And I feel like because of this huge stigma around it, I had a negative state, uh, like connotation on it. You know, I was just kind of like, oh man, this is where I'm going to end up. And everyone says it's such a bad thing, which it's not. Like, I think community college was one of the best decisions of my life because without it, I would have never found my way into UC Berkeley. That not that so crazy? It's mm-hmm. like, did you apply anywhere when you were in high school or was it? Yeah. So no, I actually did not apply just because of the same reason where my GPA for me was too low. And I knew that I didn't even have any extracurricular, so that wouldn't even have helped me. Mm-hmm. So I just knew what's the point type of thing. And I didn't even, I think by that point it was too late because it would have been in the fall that I applied for. Mm-hmm. And I think it already had passed the deadline. So it was like, okay, well, I already have to go to community college anyways. Yeah. Um, and even at that point, I still didn't know what school I really wanted to go to besides starting to hear about the UCs. And knowing about the UCs and, you know, I was getting a little familiar with that. And I think when I went to community college, that's when I hear, I hear about like a lot of these really cool programs. I think it's in, the, in California, like the TAG program, yes. which is such like a nice safety net that you would have. You want to explain TAG? I actually was on Twitter earlier and I noticed mm-hmm. that so many people are confused about TAG. And Yes, mm-hmm. I actually know this by heart just because of one of my positions on campus i had to like explain this all the time but yeah so the tag program it stands for transfer admission guarantee and basically uh what it does is that if you fulfill the minimum requirements for a uc at your time at a community college you're taking your prep classes whatever a specific school asks for and just keep in mind that it's only for certain majors too so not every single major has the tag but you can look that up on their website and see which ones are offered. But as long as you have their minimum GPA requirement, like I'll give you my example. I tagged with UC Santa Barbara 
the minimum GPA requirement was a 3.4 and I had to complete like the minimum of the 60 units and whatever courses they wanted me to take. Mm -hmm. So I did all of those things and I got in, but I knew I was going to get in before I got in for that same reason that I did all those things. Yeah. It's like your perfect safety net. You don't have to apply to a safety school. Like you're applying to this amazing UC and you're like, Oh yeah, that's my safety. Exactly. That's, that's what I feel like is the craziest part too, is that I'm like, Oh yeah, my safety school is UC Santa Barbara and UC Santa Barbara is literally an amazing school. I was so set on going to Santa Barbara for the longest time. And literally it was so difficult when I got into Berkeley and I was kind of like, Oh my gosh. But honestly, in a couple of days I realized, wow, this is my calling. I think I need to go to Berkeley. Yeah. It's like a good problem. Exactly. Okay. So you found out about TAG, you began to find out about these programs, but like, I'm assuming this was a process because for me, it was a process. I, I mean, you're probably in the same boat, but like, I didn't even understand private schools when I was in high school. Like people were like, Oh, I'm going to like this school and this school. And I hadn't heard of any school unless like I knew the sports team. So (laughs) I was like, okay, like Notre Dame, that's, Mm. you know, that's like Mm -hmm. my max, but I feel like you're right. Community college. There was just like, everyone was like, here are the UCs, here's the tag, here's the CSU. Right. So maybe backing up a little bit and going into like, before you sort of found out about these UCs and then got to the position that you worked at CSM and like literally would tell other people this information, how, where did, where was your start? Like, how was, how was your first semester at CSM? What was that like for you? Yeah. So I think that one of the biggest things is your mentality. The way that you go into something is going to leave a huge effect on the outcome of it. I went into CSM knowing, okay, this is my second chance. I'm not going to blow it. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to change from my old ways in high school. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to get good grades and I'm going to be successful. You know, it's just like manifesting it, putting it out there into the future. You know, it's, it's kind of like that thing where you have to set your goals, but now it's like, what are those things you have to do to actually get to that goal? Mm-hmm. You know, and you kind of build those like stepping stones But when I first got there, I was like, okay, immediately I joined a club. I joined Transfer Club my first semester, and which is a great thing if any other school has it. I hope it's more known or it's more like universal, but Mm -hmm. it literally just talks to you about transferring and gets gets you familiar with a lot of these schools. Um, I think that's literally what it was, is that I put myself out there into these different clubs. I met a lot more people, and that's how I got way more connections. And you just familiarize yourself with a lot of like the staff and like everyone on campus. But I think it was just taking the leap of faith a lot, even though it was kind of like out of my comfort zone. I knew that's what I had to do, though, to actually be in a position where I wanted to be. So when I saw this position about the student ambassador, because my friend Enya actually had mentioned it to me, she was like, oh, you would be perfect for this job. You have such a great talking voice for like the campus tours. She's the one who was like, let me recommend you. You should apply. Mm-hmm. When I applied, it was like a very intense interview type of thing, but I sat through it. It was like the first interview that I had where it was like a mock interview and like four people were in front of me in a table asking me all these questions. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. But I just, you know, kept my calm. I was just really authentic with myself and was genuine about my experience and my story. And I think that's what everyone has to remember is just to kind of stay true to yourself at the end of the day and do things that you like to do. Because I think one of the things that I read from your posts, Ariana, actually, 
just about joining all of these clubs just to look good on an application. It should be more about joining a club that interests you, something that you really are passionate about. And that's how I, you know, joined Puente, the Puente Latinx club, because wow, this is, there's a club on campus literally like around my culture and like the Latinx culture. So I got involved with that and literally met so many amazing people through that with like similar background and experiences. So I think that's one of the key things is like highlighting that you should do things that you're passionate about and join things about that. Because when you're explaining in these personal essays, it's like, okay, you join all these clubs, but like, what was it really for? You know, if it's not related to what you end up, what you really want to do, you know? I completely agree because you, I guess like, we, we both went through this like UC application process. And when you look at the questions, I remember looking at the questions my first year and being like, I have no idea how I would answer these. But my second year, I was like, I totally know like what my leadership style is. I totally know what I love because I like, I did it. And mm-hmm. I think me in high school, I, I would have had nothing to write in those like little boxes. Exactly. So we talked about all of these different extracurriculars that you did and your kind of big piece of advice that stuck out is like, you've got to put yourself out there, which mm-hmm. every other interview, like every single interview has been like, you need to put yourself out there. That's the biggest tip, the biggest piece of advice. Um, but I'm really curious, like, was the you at 18, the kind of person who would put himself into these situations, um, like go into that interview or join that club? Or is that something you had to work on or kind of try to evolve? Yeah, so I was actually a pretty social person throughout high school. But I feel like because of the same reason that in high school, I wasn't involved in anything, I had no knowledge about what it was actually like being a part of all these clubs or being in a leadership position, um, which is why I feel like being involved in these clubs and as an ambassador on campus definitely allowed me to learn a lot more about myself than I knew about myself before. Mm -hmm. And I really was able to resonate with a lot of people that I met there. And I feel like the advice that they had given me really helped me continue being so outgoing. And I think continuously practicing your ability to speak is a huge thing because as an ambassador, we had to do like campus tours. We had to do, I had to do a lot of presentations as a lead ambassador Mm -hmm. in both English and Spanish. So just always being consistent with like getting in front of crowds and like talking about a certain thing really just build up my confidence so much and shape me out to be like way more outgoing person than I knew myself back then. Like I would just talk to like friends and stuff, but knowing like staff and talking to them and just people I've never met in my life, like parents of students who are going to college, you know, so it's pretty intimidating, but you really do find a whole new person in yourself when you put yourself out there and because you learn so much more about yourself. Exactly. You're like, you have something, but you cultivate it and you make it so much more. I love that. Mm -hmm. So I think one interesting thing. So like you worked as an ambassador, Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that meant like you met with like incoming high school like students who were coming from high school and then you like gave tours to people who were potentially interested. Um, What was something that you kind of noticed while doing that? Like what were some questions that you answered where you were like, Oh, I, it's crazy that you have to ask that question or like things like that. Yeah. So it's really interesting that you asked this because a lot of the questions that they were asking me or things that they were surprised about, I was surprised about. And it were the type of questions that I was asking when I first got to community college. Mm -hmm. I think 
one of the things that stood out to me was that they didn't know how much cheaper community college actually is. And that's one of the things where I was like, really? Like, you know, you could be, and you can get a good amount of financial aid depending on like, you know, your background. But even then the tuition is so much cheaper than what you would do at a university. And ultimately, ultimately, you know, you're taking the same classes anyways, like you're taking your prereqs, your English, your math courses, things like that. So I just think it was like this much smarter option, but that's what they didn't know. They didn't, a lot of people did also didn't know about taking those general education courses and you're doing it at the same time, really. And they thought it was just straight ahead into what you were going to be studying or you had to declare right away. Um, even though you could enter, I think as a freshman as undeclared, mm-hmm. but still, I feel like they just had no idea about how similar they actually were. That's one of the things for sure. Good point. I think once you've kind of done it, you're like, okay, for sure. Like I got my gen ed, I did a little bit of my major, but a lot of people don't realize like you're basically doing the same thing in two to three years that other people are doing in their first two years out of four years. Exactly. But God, I don't know what percentage of the price, but what for us, we paid like what, $48 a unit. I can guarantee you that uh, both of our transfer schools are a lot more expensive than that. Yeah, I just saw the price for my my first semester. I was like, oh. Like probably more than you paid your entire time. Oh, definitely. Like a thousand times more, honestly. But so I also want to touch on that. So in your opinion, like a lot of people will equate like, okay, this school costs me 79K a year, but I'm going to get that value. What do you think about that? Like, like community college was a lot cheaper. Do you think that reflected the value or not? Do you feel like it's worth so much more than you paid for or? I feel like at the end of the day, you know, a school is a school. You're going to be getting education no matter what, Mm -hmm. but Ultimately, I think that community college really does prepare you way more than high school does for university style work. You know, I think one of the things I think I just want to bring up is that when I was in community college, because I knew that I was going to be taking a UC level coursework once I transferred, I wanted to challenge myself with challenging professors, which is one of the things when I looked up on Rate My Professor was like, okay, so who teaches a certain course and what are the different, what are the students saying about them? And I found one professor that I think became my all-time favorite professor, but a lot of students would say that he is too hard, he's ridiculous, he is too stingy with a lot of the way that his like work is and like really tedious. But I was kind of like, I like that though. I feel like I want a professor to be on top of me to make sure that I'm doing everything as it should be and really change the way that I'm doing in in, in classes because I don't want to just feel like I got an A in a class but didn't take anything from it. And when I took two classes with Professor Barry, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's awesome. My entire style changed because of, I think, just how strict he was with a lot of things it made me way more organized and he was the type of professor that if you showed up to class without your homework done he'd be he'd excuse you from class to go finish it in the learning center and then you can return once you finish your homework so it kind of put that pressure that i really need to finish my homework before class Mm -hmm. be in class otherwise you're already struggling exactly exactly and like his class was no joke but i really think that his classes have helped me a lot when 
continuing on to taking other classes, I, I felt way more confident. And I feel like every semester I take something from it and I'm like, okay, what can I do different that I didn't do last semester? What can I do to improve? And that's what I did with my grades because in my transcript, you can see a trend. My first semester, I actually got two Bs and two Cs. And I was like, wow, I came out of high school, was like, I'm going to get straight A's and this is what I got. So I was like, okay, no, I'm still not going to give up. You know, it's a work in progress. That's all I got to remember. And that's when I was like taking everything that I did in one semester and applying it differently the following semester. And I saw the change too. I saw the change in my grades. They kept going higher. My test scores were getting better. My papers were getting better because I was reaching out for the help and doing the things that I wouldn't do originally. And from that semester on, I started to see like, you know, the B's going to A's type of thing. And I got my first 4.0, I think like my second year. No, actually it was my last year, the first semester of my third year. Mm-hmm. But before that I had A minuses, but like the first 4.0 was the fall semester of my last year. Oh, it was amazing. It was like, wow, I really worked hard and I got that. And I told myself I would get these grades because I knew that I had to get these grades and it worked. You know, you have to put in the work, not only just manifest it, speak it into existence, but do the work that comes behind that too. To, yeah. And I think, I think that's so amazing. I never put it into words like the way you did, but that's exactly like what it is. It's like you get prepared for a four year because you go through those struggles. And I have a lot of friends at four years who went through exactly what you went through, but they did it at a four year and they had all these distractions on the side. There's like the social life that is very different from a CC, different opportunities. I feel like harder to grow because it's so easy to be like swept up in this like oh I just need C's but when you have this goal you're working towards like you force yourself to grow I love that I also feel like I didn't know how to study until I went to community college I literally didn't know I would just like read the textbook not even I would skim the textbook and I'd be like, oh, right, I studied. That's not what it is. Like, no. as much as you could try to tell yourself that, it's it's way more than that. It is. Yeah. So I guess, like, this is a little random. I haven't ever asked this before, but I'm sure there are a lot of students in the same place. Like, they're, they want good grades, but they've never been, like, given the opportunity to learn. Not everyone mm-hmm. is going to have Professor Barry. What can you pass on as, like, advice for people who really do want to get better? They've just never learned how so I would definitely say that implementing that strategy that I used you know the whole semester and you know you saying that you did your hardest but then you reflect on that at the end of the semester and be like okay what can I do what didn't I do and then when you notice that thing where it's like wow my professor had all of these office hours and I didn't go a single time type of thing you want to make sure that you actually take advantage of those because when you get that one-on-one help it not only helps you learn more in literally the subject that you're taking, but I feel like it builds this kind of relationship between the professor and yourself that the professor will literally do anything to help you out at the end of the day. If they see how much you're trying and how much you're willing to put in work and all this effort, they will work with you at the end of the day. Um, Exactly. And also going to tutoring too. Mm -hmm. It helps so much, especially I think a lot like, Every school, I think, has free tutoring, ultimately. 
a lot of the community colleges and even universities, you know. They're still available. They're just on Zoom. Like you get one-on-one breakout room sessions at any school, but they're on Zoom. And so it's like, that's even easier. You're literally at home exactly. getting free help. So I would, yeah, I would go for that. I, that is how I got through chemistry. <laughs> I will say that. Oh my gosh. I took that in high school. I've never taken it again. And I'm scared. I have to take it again, but I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm-mm. But yeah, I agree. Taking advantage of the opportunities you're given. And then office hours, like I'm like this weird like person. I'm just like, you got to go to office hours, especially mm-hmm. community college where there are like 20, 30 people in a class. And you can go to office hours with the actual professor and just sit there and be like, like you can literally ask them anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And I don't, you would think that people go, but like nobody goes. Yeah, no one. I think I, I, that really surprised me because sometimes I would go and it's like, I would never have to wait in a line. I would never have to like be like, oh, sorry, reschedule. Um, one thing I really do want to emphasize about meeting with your professor is that when you're actually attending their office hours, you know, you get the help that you need. But at the end of the day, when they get to know you, they can still vouch for you mm-hmm. when it comes to write, writing these letters of recommendations, you know. And even when it comes to applying to universities, because I actually went with Professor Barry to reread one of my um, personal statements for the UCs, and he helped me shape things out. He was like, honestly, this doesn't really make sense. And I'm like, thank you. Like, thanks for telling me that, because now I can reword it in a way that it does, or in a way that really tells my story, you know? Mm -hmm. So it definitely helps. They'll help you at the end of the day if you really put that time to build that relationship. Exactly. I think that's the biggest thing is like, even when you've done all the work and you've done what you're passionate about, at the end of the day, you need to put it down on paper and submit it to these schools. Mm-hmm. And it is hard. Like I, I also, like I had one of my very favorite advisors sit with me and kind of go through my personal statement. And he was like, yeah, this doesn't make sense. And it, like, <laughs> cause you know, you're so excited and you're writing about everything you did. And he was like, this is no, this is mm-hmm. not <laughs> what you want to do. Because in your mind, you're like, this makes a complete sense. You know, there's other readers out there and that's what you have to like understand. You want to be like clear and articulate. Um, I think I was going to also just say that like the long lasting relationships, not just with professors, with the people that you meet through the clubs you do and stuff like that. It's, it's insane. And you don't realize it until after, like now that we're gone, I'm like, wow, all mm-hmm. people are still here. Like I'm talking to you and Jeff's going to edit this. Seriously. Lauren made this amazing picture. That's like everyone can look at. It's great. It's honestly amazing. Yeah, like me and I think Ariana, I've always heard of you throughout like community college. And I never officially met you. I think I tried talking to you once at a certain point and it's never happened. But I think it was recently, our last semester, our last year, when we actually met because of our mutual friends. And I was like, I like this girl. (laughs) And oh, it was at the Zoom party we went to. We were going to go to Berkeley together. We were all ready. We were like, okay, yeah. But it would have, it's still, now it's going to be a great rivalry and it's okay. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah, I remember we were like, we were like, oh my gosh, we're definitely going to Berkeley. But then when you got into Stanford, I was so proud of you. I was literally like, oh my gosh, I've known her for so long, but she really did it. She really did it and she deserves it. So congratulations to you. Thank you. And then you made the TikTok. Oh, I want to talk about that. Let's talk about this. So that TikTok video you made, 
almost made me cry because I was like, oh my God, you probably inspired so many people just through that. Do you want to talk about what that was? That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So the TikTok that I had made, it was after I got like all my acceptances and rejections. Um, and I put it into under this audio. Uh, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's like according to you, yeah. you know, <laughs> but it basically says the first part is like my rejections. And once like the, the song like switches the beat, it gets like cheerful and it gets more happier and emotional. And that's when I put in my acceptances because I got rejected from San Diego State University and Cal Poly Slow. So honestly, when I first got like heard back from those, I was like, oh gosh, there's no way I'm going to get into like the UC, like any, some UCs, but I ended up getting in. And I think that was one of the hugest things for me that was like, wow. Oh my God. It literally almost made me cry. I was like, I don't even, I couldn't even imagine how you must have felt because the CSUs come out first. Yes. And then when I got like more rejections than I got acceptances, I was first, I was like, oh gosh, this is going to be super bad. But yeah, I think that TikTok got a good amount of attention. I recently checked and it has 10,000 likes now. And I was like, wow, he popped off a little bit, but okay. We'll link it below so you can get a few more, but people should look at that because that is, it just like, it is so, like, it completely describes, like, the college application process, and, like, I get all these, like, random DMs that people are like, oh, what was your SAT score? Like, I need to make sure I have the right scores. I need to make sure this, and, like, it it cannot predict, like, whether or not you're going to get in. There is literally, I mean, I got into Stanford, but I got rejected from Georgetown, and I 100% was like, it's going to be the other way around, because, Georgetown has like over a 12% acceptance rate and Stanford's mm. with like two. And I was like, no way. But I, I don't know. And I got the rejection letter and I was like, well, oh, great. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's like, it's safe to say, like, you should never let that determine anything. You know, like when you first hear back, don't let your guard down like I did. Don't feel like that's the end of it. You know, it's still kind of carry on that hope, but you're right when you say that, because I had, I think there was like over 500 comments on that TikTok, And a lot of people were like, congratulations. They're like, wow. Like mm-hmm. people were tagging their friends like, Oh, he got rejected from San Diego state, but he still got into Berkeley type of thing. And I had some people comment, like, can you make a video about your SAT scores, your GPA and all this stuff. And I actually did make a video mm-hmm. quickly. And that's when I kind of li- was like, community college. I was like, community college is the way I got in. I've actually never taken an SAT score in my life. And people were like, what? But I've never taken, not even the PSAT, like nothing. You got it. They had made us take the PSAT. For me, it was optional. And I think it was because it was on my birthday that I decided to not take it. But hey, it it worked out in the end. But yeah, so let's just briefly, because people really don't know, like you don't need standardized test scores for California public schools as a community college transfer, you do in high school, um, but you don't, and your GPA, like we already touched on, but it's so different, like what it needs to be. And and literally at the end of the day, like you could have all the things and not get in, or you could think to yourself, like, no way I'll get in. And you get but you're in. right. Like there's really no safe way or correct way of getting into a school, you know, because of the same reason that everybody is so different. Mm-hmm. And something's going to stand out from every single individual. So it's it's more about what is my standing out point, you know? 
You got to show them what is your spark? What is something that's going to stand out to these people who are reading your applications? Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to really convey that story on your essays, even though they limit you to like 350 characters for some things, but you just somehow got to make it work and stand out. It will be so much easier too if the stuff that you're doing is like legitimately for you. Yes. Um, because otherwise you're going to have to like try and like meld it into something right but why not why not do what you enjoy if it works out in the long run anyway um, exactly okay. exactly okay so we're almost done with this gone on for i could literally ask you questions forever um <laughs> but i guess you briefly touched on this but this is my favorite question so i'm gonna ask mm. it to you go for it you could go back to like first day of csm what would you tell yourself Whew. There's so much I could tell myself, honestly. It's true. You're like, there's really no wrong or right time. You know, take your time. There are literally re-entry students coming from their 30s and their 40s to go back to school, you know? So you can always do it at your own pace. But I think something I would be, I would tell myself is that don't be afraid to switch your major because there's so many people that switch their majors so much. And I really, when I first went into CSM, I was actually a film major. So I switched my major like three times now, I'd say, because from film major, I think in my, the beginning of my second year, I switched over to communications. And I was like, I'm pretty sad. This is what I want to get a degree in. And then from there, I started looking into nursing. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I need to go into nursing. And that blew over pretty quickly. But then I think it was I applied to media studies then. So there was like a whole different major. Like I had to adjust to that. And I was like, wait, so media studies falls under the College of Letters and Science. And what else is in there that I would maybe stand out to like, maybe that stands out to me. So I saw poli sci and I knew that I was really interested in this for a while. And I knew that I wanted to do something in that field at that point. So that's when I officially was like, let me try to switch it. And the advisors were so nice for Berkeley and they were like, yeah, we'll add you to the list. I was like, perfect. Yeah. Just like, don't be afraid to switch the career paths because everyone's on their own path. Really. Everyone's doing their own thing. And if it's literally what you're, what you're passionate about, just do it. I think at the end of the day, you should be happy with what you're doing. You should be passionate about it. Have a reason behind what you're actually doing. You need to have, a reason otherwise you're just gonna like you're either gonna keep switching or you're just mm -hmm. gonna be unhappy and wish that you had but so much from that like don't be afraid also everyone is on their own path and also like Absolutely. the biggest thing is like we're like 20 21 22 yeah. like that is not old <laughs> like exactly exactly gosh there's just so much time people are starting businesses and doing things when they're like 60 and that's amazing. So like, we're literally weird. exactly um, very cool. I, I definitely, I'm so sure people will be able to take inspiration from your story as a first gen also having gone through Thank you. so much um, learning, literally learning in three years, like everything. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just so thankful that you took the time to be on this show. Yo, thank you so much for having me. When you told me about it, I was literally so stoked about it. I was like, yes, 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 100%. I think it's important for people who are actually going through the experience to talk about the experience because it really puts a whole different perspective on 
community college. And I think it's people like us and other community college goers that are gonna really deteriorate that stigma around community college. And I think that's how it should be. It, it should be. It shouldn't be something where you're like, this is my last resort. This is like either this is your second chance at something great or this is not a last resort. Um, I'm so, so glad. Well, best of luck at Berkeley, as Polly said. Best of luck at Stanford. We're definitely going to be in touch. We are, yes, forever. I'm going to link your TikTok below, by the way, just so people can watch <laughs> that, because the visual aspect of it needs to accompany the amazing audio aspect. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Transfer Tea. Hopefully we'll see you back on Thursday for Transfer Tip Thursday and then again next week for another interview. Follow our socials if you want to be on the show. You can fill out our submissions link, which is down below. It's also linked in our Instagram. It's everywhere. Um, And we would love, love to have you. So yeah, thank you. See you next week. Bye.